Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Enterprise Sales Show. I'm your host, well, I'm your co-host today, with Rob Howes, founder of Enterprise Sales Club. Rob, good morning. Good morning, Adrian. Welcome. Now, look, we know that one of the greatest challenges that we've observed for enterprise sales professionals is actually how do you create an effective message and story that connects the customer pain with your technological solution? And uh, one of the most accomplished people we've seen firsthand at this is Mike Adams. Now, Mike is an overachieving sales director in a previous career in um, technology and telecoms and networking, the 20 years, 20 years plus industry experience. Now, he sort of like many of us, did, he actually taught himself storytelling on the job as he was operating throughout the world, um, telling different stories and connecting technological solutions with people's problems. Today, he now shares that insight with ambitious salespeople across the globe to help them build effective business stories and naturally drive revenue forward. So, Mike, welcome. Yeah, thanks very much for having me, Rob and Adrian. Absolute pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Thank you for taking the time out for us. So, so Mike, we, we, we know each other um, fairly recently. Um, you've been engaged in, in at Calibra, where I'm currently uh, working. And uh, so we brought you in to help us um, improve our skills in storytelling for our customers. And yeah. um, I, I was so um, interested and impressed with the content of, of your, 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 your training workshop that uh, I wanted to invite you onto the show. And so, and so thank you so much for agreeing to do that. Um, I, for me, this is, I think, a bit of a secret weapon um, in, in uh, the armory of a, of, a sales, of a seller or sales professional. Um, just to kick things off, can you tell us a bit more about your career? I know Adrian touched on it briefly, but just tell us the story of where you started, how you got here, um, and uh, just to give us a bit of background. Sure. Well, I started my working career out of Tasmania. I'm an electrical engineer and I had the dream job. I worked for an oil and gas service company and got sent to Indonesia and Malaysia and China and all sorts of wonderful places. And in about uh, 1996, I was working in England, in the UK, in London. And my boss called me in and said, Mike, we have this great job for you. And uh, it's going to be in Norway. And I thought, great. And then I realized like this is, you know, Whenever the boss is like, we've got a great job, there's a certain hidden thing, but it was a sales job. And um, so I said, no, I, my wife's eight months pregnant. I can't do that. And went home and my wife said, oh, we'd really like to go to Norway. <laughs> so, so we went to Norway with my wife eight months pregnant and I started in sales role. And I was, I was um, tr- atrocious, absolutely appalling at the job. I knew a lot about the technology. I was very competent in the software that we were selling. But I knew absolutely nothing about how to sell anything. And, and if it wasn't for like just outrageous good fortune, I would have got back to engineering as quickly as possible. But I, I sold the biggest deal in our company worldwide in my rookie year by total accident. I just sort of connected with this right person who kind of led me through on the client side, who led me through the sale and sold it for me. And uh, that's a funny thing. That's a strange experience because, you know, our salespeople, I now call myself a salesperson as well as an engineer. You know, we have a pretty thick skin and we like to think we're pretty good at what we do. Um, But the fact is buyers have to buy. And the fact that a buyer bought, as in my case, doesn't mean that I had any skill whatsoever. In fact, I had no skill, but it was enough to keep me in the job. And um, I I went to, um, I did various sales roles and then I got into a marketing role. 
And I had this, um, I had this assignment. I was a pre-sales marketing manager for Europe. And uh, the assignment was do a one-hour software demonstration to our VIP clients in Prague, about 400 of them. And I'm, even though I'm an engineer, I, I knew enough to know that that was like way too long for a software demonstration. So I wrote a play. And I wrote a play with parts in it for the technical sales guys to, to act out. And they thought that was the world's worst idea. In fact, one of them threatened to quit. He told me he was a reservoir engineer. He's not an actor. And, but um, I had scheduled 45 minutes for the little drama that we wrote, which is about how the software gets used, and 15 minutes for kind of questions. And an hour into the next session, our clients were still asking questions and my technical guys were still answering questions in their roles. And that was when I kind of started to realise that the story of how your software gets used is much more interesting than what your software does and how it works and what its features are. And I did that a few more times. And then I was in Russia. I got transferred to Russia. I ran a sales team out of, out of Moscow. And, um, and it, curious thing, so I was working for Shlomoje. It's a really big technology company. And it was unknown in Russia because we got kicked out of Russia in the 1930s by Stalin. And so the Russian oil companies didn't know about our company. And I told a little story, which is a pretty dark story, actually, about what happened to Shlomoje and how they came back into Russia. And I told that to one of our major clients. And the next day, I met another client who told me my story back to me. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> this, this story is right? And that was my first sort of realisation that stories are memorable and they do work, they travel. And this was a very short story. And so then I started thinking, okay, rather than write the full play, which takes me forever, I'm just going to look for little stories. And, and I did that. And that got me um, through many careers and jobs. That, that technique got me into, into some very good jobs. And I changed industry to telecommunications, changed industry again back to oil and gas, so changed industry again to telecommunications and then facility services and then tele telecommunications again. And I was using stories kind of all the time. But 2015, I'd had enough of big corporations. They wear you out eventually. And I wanted to solve a problem. And that was the, the problem of how to get my salespeople to say the right thing. So I'd been a sales leader. I had more than 100 salespeople in different industries. And, and invariably, I was trying to kick them under the table because um, they were doing what Mike, my friend Bo Mike Bosworth calls uh, premature elaboration. Um, <laughs> elaborating like crazy about everything there <laughs> and not connecting in any way to the client or understanding whether any of that was of any use to the client. So that was the problem I wanted to see if I could solve. And I started out uh, working with just Australian clients, uh, doing a combination of what I would call classic questioning and listening kind of sales training with a bit of my own ideas about storytelling. And after about nearly 18 months of that, I got the list of every single person that we trained, it was a few hundred, and rang all of them up one after another with some very specific questions like, what did they remember? And the result of that was they remembered virtually nothing. Some of them told me about some things I hadn't talked to, taught them at all, but a lot of them told me back stories that I'd told them. Just in passing, you know, they told me the story, some of the stories. And so that was kind of a, a, a light bulb moment when I, I realised that, Salespeople are pretty impervious to training in general because they're pretty sure they know what they're doing, just like me in my rookie year. You know, I thought I was great. <laughs> <laughs> so using stories to teach and building on what is exact, actually a natural skill. Almost everyone can tell a story. We do it socially, but doing it in a more 
uh, considered and, and directed away <clears throat> and appreciating how we get our clients to tell us stories. This was a real eye-opener, and I converted all my training to just storytelling, and I wrote my book in 2018 about that, and today I focus only on storytelling. So we, we kind of fit with any sales process. It's a, it's a meta skill, if you like, that can fit with how it, whatever kind of um, process that you have. And that's why I did it. I mostly work with big corporations because they can pay us more money. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you, Mike. I think reading some of your content, um, there seems to be a, a big difference between communicating through facts versus communicating through stories and how you, you can sort of in, connect <laughs> with people on an emotional level. Um, I don't know, have you, got, have you got anything that you could bring to life around that and expand yeah, on that? It's, it's worth making very clear what a story is because, um, you know, when Anecdote started, that's the company I work with now, that was back in 2004. Story was kind of like a dirty word. You couldn't even say the word story because it was assumed to mean like a fairy tale or a lie, one of those two things. And so, but today now a lot of people do say story, but they often don't understand what it is. And you can tell that. And there's an interesting test that your listeners could do, which is just type our company story into Google and you'll get hundreds of thousands of web pages. And if you click on some of them at random, you'll find that like 95% of them are not a story. They're just some facts about the company and the claims, usually they're, they're, they're claims and bragging about their company. They're not a story. So a story by definition is a sequence of related events. At a time and a place, this happened because of that, this happened and this happened. And stories convey information counterfactually. So there's always a surprise in a story. And the surprise is always like, I thought it was going this way, but ah, it's actually going this way. And in that counterfactual, could have gone this way, but actually went this way. Yeah. We pass information and we, we update our mental model of the world through stories. Yeah. That's how humans so there's a few surprises, a few surprises in the flow, in the, in the That's arc. Right. If there isn't a surprise, then there's nothing to learn from yeah. the story. We already know it yeah. and we can predict it, right? So there has to be a surprise in a story. Yeah. So, so you, your question was, um, you know, about talking facts. I, I would say that facts, we put facts into stories in exactly the same way we put facts into normal business conversation. The difference is normal business conversation is an abstract conversation of assertion, opinion, and abstract conversation. We like to say things like, um, we believe in sustainable development. As far as I know, that means nothing. Like it just doesn't mean anything, but it sounds very intelligent. And no one's gonna kind of pull you up on that. But if you wanted to know what it meant, you should ask for a story. You should say something like, oh, that's interesting. We do too. Could you give me an example of good sustainable development from your from your experience? Yeah. And then you would get a story and then you would concretely know what they mean and you could have a conversation about it rather than assume you know what they mean, but you don't. And, you know, so a lot of our conversation in business is, I would say it's signaling to make us sound smart, like we know what we're talking about. The worst at this by far are the major consulting companies. They just have an art form of not saying anything in very complex sounding. 
<laughs> abstract I'm comedy. making a fortune doing it. And make an absolute fortune and nobody pulls them out. They're not smart, right? They're charging a fortune. No, these guys have to be smart. So when you ask those guys, could you give me an example? And I recommend you do if you're paying a lot of money to these guys. Yeah. Give me a concrete example or tell me about when you saw that working, what happened. That, yeah. Those are stories and questions. And that takes the level of conversation to concrete and real. And we're yeah. still talking about facts, but we're talking about things that actually happened. And we know... We start to know what our, what's the world of our buyer. And we can tell stories about our world in a way that the buyer will understand. And this is like the, the real um, essence of storytelling is talking in a way that people can understand what you mean. Yes. Yeah. So, so thank you, um, Mike, for elaborating on that point. Um, in your book, Seven Stories, um, you talk about... The, the importance of recognizing that that you are not the hero, that you're the guide. Yes. Um, can you can you tell us what you mean by that? Yeah, I'm I'm specifically talking about one type of story. So the seven stories is about seven different types of stories, and and the stories are distinguished by who the character is. And one of the very important types of stories for salespeople, different from any other part of business, is the story that we tell about another client who succeeded with our products and services. You don't really have a business, in my opinion, until someone succeeded. You're kind of an entrepreneurial startup until you had some success, right? And as soon as you have some success, you want to tell the story of that success. And there's a trap here because um, most people, when they hear success story, they think case study. And a case study is, um, is in three parts, typically. So this is your typical marketing case study. I'm going to, I'm paraphrasing here, okay? It starts, here was our I'm cringing client. already. <laughs> our, um, our other client over there in the shit, we went in and fixed everything, and now it's all great. And that, that kind of um, formula, our client in a mess, big problem, we went in, provided a solution, here's the result. It's, it sounds good to our people and for us, and it makes us feel good, but your buyer cannot recognize themselves in, this, in that story. They, they can't see themselves as the, as the idiot in the, in the mess, right? Like, the abstract, yeah. see themselves as competent and knowing what they're doing, but would like to have a bit of help with certain problems that they're working on. So the success story is something that every salesperson needs to know how to tell from the perspective of their successful buyer. And the easiest probably way is for me to give you an, an example. And uh, now, since you already know the example that I told Calibra, I will tell you a different example. So I, I did some work for, a, I went on their website to this a technology company. I consider themselves possibly the most uninteresting company in the world. They sell, I'm sure it's very popular, very profitable. They sell what they call microservices, which connect old mainframe computers to like modern oh, yeah. web, right? Yeah. So that's what they do. They do that all yeah. over the world. And I did a keynote for them, and I offered to convert one of their case studies into a success story. And they gave me one, and the particular case study was great because it had the, the client on video telling about what happened. Couldn't understand a word he said because the client was very technical. And then they had the three parts, which I also couldn't understand any of it. So then I yeah. rang up the guy that sold it and still knew about it. And he told me what happened 
from the point of view of the client. So I'll tell you that story, and it's in six parts. So the six parts are my clients, who are they, has a problem, tell me about it, how's it affecting them, met a guide, they met our company, how did they meet you? Well, that's always interesting. Worked on a plan together, a mutual plan. Avoided failure, avoided the things that the client didn't want to happen, and there's always some of them, and then achieved success, personal and business success. So I will anonymize slightly this, this, this story, although it is kind of out, out publicly. So, there, so there's a guy called uh, Manuel. He's the IT architect for one of the largest banks in Panama. And um, he, he's, he's, the bank's been in operation for about 20 years. And, and Manuel's busy trying, of trying to get his IT system up and running to a higher standard. And he receives a request for tender from the Panama Canal Authority for an app, a web service, actually, where ships coming to the Panama Canal could run this app from their ship. They could schedule passage through the canal. It would have a whitelist and a blacklist to, you know, which ships are allowed through the canal. And it would charge them and it would pay for it. And Manuel looked at that and thought, there's no way, because like we're running on all this ancient, you know, old mainframe, and we just don't have the skill. But on site were five people from my client company, this, this web services company. They were actually working on 200 microservice tra um, translation project already on site. So Manuel took that, that tender to them and said, what do you think? And they said, easy, no problem. And he said, good, easy for you to say, but if this doesn't work, global trade stops, right? You know, like if, they, <laughs> if they're out there and this doesn't work, you know, our bank could lose, you know, serious reputation here. And they said, look, no, it's, it's good. We'll show you how it would work, pilot project. So they bid, and they bid it actually in a very cost-effective way. And they won that tender. And they also won, 2021 was announced for this year, um, top bank in Panama. They're about number 10 bank, top bank for innovation in Panama yeah. on the strength of that project. Manuel still yeah. got that same job, but he's very proud of that particular project. Yeah, brilliant. So it's all about the, the success for, for the buyer and the buyer's organization and the outcomes for the them versus aren't we the, the cleverest software company in the world that everyone needs to buy tomorrow? Yeah, yeah that's right. And this takes a bit of practice to learn how to tell this because as soon as you start saying these words, which we love to say as salesperson, I have a client <laughs> and I did this and we did this for them. You're already on the wrong track. So yeah. you need to start it with, look, one of, the, one of the largest banks in Panama had this problem and Manuel, yeah. the IT architect, and start it there with them. Yeah. And then the listener will start caring about their problem. And then you bring in your company later and then this structure works and you can still pass all of that good stuff about what you did and how you helped them with the plan and you can also put into that avoid failure step what are the typical objections they might have had, you know, what were they worried about, and answer them in the story. Got it. And what that's doing is like a sort of a try before you buy because, you know, like the listener, your, your prospect can now just imagine themselves in that situation, you know, experiencing what it's like to be your client. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, brilliant. Mike, you know, our audience are all... Um, selling technology you know highly driven individuals um with monthly and quarterly and annual targets i wonder if you if, if, if they're struggling to between their own story and creating a business story 
because you talk in your book about authenticity and the value of it. What, what would be the first three steps you would advise them to take? Yeah. Look, um, in the book, I talk about seven stories. I don't recommend anyone try to create seven stories and tell all of them in a business meeting. Um, I think that two stories, there are two stories that every salesperson should be ready with for a prospect meeting. And the first one is the story they tell about themselves by way of introduction. Now, I told you a, a fairly long introductory story about me. I probably took about four or five minutes. But this story needs to be more like a minute or a minute and a half. And usually focus on some kind of career turning point that shows your connection with your industry and with your client. My classic, let's say, um, reference, very short example, is the story from Victor Kayam. Victor Kayam was a, um, an entrepreneur in the US back in the 70s and 80s. And the story goes that his wife bought him a Remington shaver for his birthday, and he loved it so much, he bought the company. Bought the company. <laughs> bought the company right? So that's a 20-second story that shows us Victor's emotional connection with his company and what kind of person he is. And that's kind of what you're looking for. You're looking for something that's happened to you that shows, you know, so I told you about, you know, what happened to me in terms of understanding stories. It was a pretty slow 20-year process because I had to figure those things out. But, but you learnt kind of as I, I learnt with that little story. And that's what we're looking for. We're looking for not your whole career in a story, but we're looking for some key events that show how you're connected to your market, how you serve, that show that what your character is a little bit. We can't brag. So with the, we'll probably put in some good and bad fortune into that. I told you how lucky I was with my first sales job. You know, I wouldn't be doing this job at all if I hadn't been that lucky. Um, we all have good and bad luck. And that, what that does is it shows our character and it lets us say some magic words. And the magic words are, enough about me, what about you? And there's a kind of human convention. If I tell you a story and say something like that, you will tell me a story back. And we will hear a little bit about our client, our buyer. We probably won't hear a polished story like we might have practiced ours a little bit, but that will tell us, they will put into it similar content. If we talked about how we got into, our, into that business and into our market, they'll tell us something similar. If we put something personal in it, I've noticed if I tell that story about my wife being eight months pregnant, they will tell me something personal about their wife when she was pregnant or their sister or something like that. It's like the seed is there. And what we're doing when we hear the client tell a story, several things are happening. The first thing is we are starting to understand who we each are. What kind of character am I and what kind of character are you? One of the most difficult things in sales is figuring out who can actually buy, who will make a decision and who can buy. And hearing your buyer tell a story about themselves and what they do is a very good insight into whether or not you're talking to the right person. We're often not talking with the right person. So that's... That's one aspect of that. But it's also my experience here is that that simple sharing of stories that might take five to seven minutes at the beginning of your meeting creates a warmth and a connection that you don't get when you just share your job title and try to get down to business. It really does change the way you do business. And what I would recommend your listeners do is 
have a think about what is their connection to their industry and their company and how they would tell a story about that. Practice it to themselves first. We use video messaging like WhatsApp or something like that just to send the story to a colleague and ask them, what do you infer about me from this story? That's a good question to ask. And then try it in a meeting. And if you do it even half reasonably, my prediction is that your meeting will go twice as long as you thought it was going to go. That's a good indication that you got into telling stories as your meeting goes long because the client's enjoying it and they're opening up and they're telling you what's going on. So thank you so much, Mike. I'm, I'm smiling here because I can relate to some taking me about four de- three, four decades to actually get to a point where I tell a story and shut up. <laughs> and then it's amazing how long what comes back and you get your ears on rather than your mouth. And I think every 21-year-old young graduate salesperson should be taught that rather than this list of technical functions. Anyway, this, sorry, this is fascinating. So going back there, what do you, um, what do you wish you knew early on in your career um, that you know today? Mm. It's a kind of like it's a kind of useless question because early in my career, I wasn't listening to anyone like me. Um, <laughs> okay. If you'd had some ears and you were open and able to learn and curious. <laughs> okay. So if I wasn't me early on, what would I, what would I advise myself? Yeah. Look, knowing that, um, knowing how people connect with stories and knowing that stories can unlock so many things in business is a huge insight. And so even the simplest thing, um, you know, how would you get your client to tell a story? How would you tell a story? What sort of story should you tell? Any of those things make a a massive difference in business. And I have some examples because you talked about listening and, um, I've always found um, always found the the direction, as in my sales manager directs me to listen or to listen more. I've always found it to be kind of, I don't know, not very helpful because we think we listen, right? So we do think that we listen. I started using some of these um, voice analytics apps like Gong. I used Gong for a few years and they, they, they're useful because they show you where, who talks when and, and then you realise that you weren't listening, you were mostly talking. <laughs> um, so that's, that's good. But I still think there's more to say about listening. How should you listen? And if you, if you have an idea that my client has a story that I need to hear, can I get that story? Then you will learn to ask questions a slightly different way. So you'll you'll learn you'll learn firstly that any question that takes the other person to a moment in time to talk about a moment in time is likely to get you a story. Good examples of those questions would be so when the client says we believe in sustainable development, you go could you give me an example of when you did some sustainable development? That takes you to a moment in time. Give me an example of when. Hmm. Or the client says something like, what what can your company tell us about this special new technology? And instead of telling them everything you know about this special new technology, you go, what's happened? What's happened to make you ask that? Now I want to know what's happened now that you asked it. And they tell you a story. 
or we just say, could you give me an example of what you would like to do with that? So these questions take you to a moment in time, which is the start. But then you need to know that a story has sequence of events that happen in a time and a place to a character. So you want to know where was that? When did that happen? Who, who was there? Then what happened? So we're actually tending a story. We're asking for the client to give us a story. And the wonderful advantage of that is that we can take that story, go back to our office and tell that story to our own staff so they understand what we're trying to do. So that's hugely advantage. That's a huge advantage right there. But also the client feels like we understand because once the client has told us this story, they know that we've got it, you know, and we can write that story back to them in the proposal and we'll tell it again in a presentation and it really shows that we understand. So listening is brilliant, good, but how do you listen? How do you listen to yeah. a story? Wonderful, wonderful. Well, look, Mike. I must confess, I'm you. you I'm very passionate about th this. As a you know, as I'm an exec coach, I spend my life listening to people's stories. And my my big thing is to how do I get them to share that story with me in the first place? So I'm really absorbed in what you've had to say today. So thank you so much for sharing that. If I can just sort of sum up here and sort of, we just like to sort of summarize what, what's heard. I think what I've heard today is that storytelling, it's a natural skill. It's a skill we all have. It's, it's innate within us. I, I've heard the terms that, you know, we're hardwired for story. Um, then I particularly like this, and I think it's particularly useful in technology context that a story is counterfactual almost by definition. And, you know, we see what the speeds and feeds are and things like this, but it's actually it's the aha moment which led off to something different, like the example you gave of, you know, I've, I've got a new job in Norway. My wife's eight and a half months pregnant. And us guys have been like, yeah, I wonder how Kate would have been. You straight away, you're in that story. Um, I think the other piece is that it's, it's a window. It's a window to the world of the buyer. And actually for all the pre-qualification and sales processes out there, what do we actually want the salespeople? We want their lens as to how they're looking at the world. Um, so I think, and then the final part for me is, and I truly believe this as well, everybody needs a damn good listening to, and it might be worth just saying, how do I listen? Do I listen deeply? Do I listen with intent to respond? Or do I listen to intent just to listen further, let them speak more? Because I think people tend to talk in waves and pauses. It's amazing if you give somebody three or four more seconds rather than just diving in, and there's another wave of stuff coming at you. So um, I think, you know, we, we've got to get you back on the show, I think, is the truth, Mike. We, you just sort of flitted the interest here, really. Uh, I would definitely recommend everybody getting, a, if you're in sales and you want to overachieve, seven stories every salesperson must tell. That's a unique book. Why is it a unique book? Because it comes from somebody with huge credibility who's done the job we're doing. Yep. And it's specifically for salespeople. So if you want to drive more revenue and connect with customer pain, that's worth a pickup. And as you can see, I've already explored it extensively. So Mike, just have to say thank you very much indeed. Oh, it's been a blast. It's been really good. I've, I've enjoyed it and happy to come on again. And I'll be thank interested you. to hear what uh, feedback you get. If there's any questions, you can pass them my way. Thank you. Yeah, we will do. We will do. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Mike. Really appreciate it. See you soon. Okay.